I sat in a in the foyer of a church just recently at the funeral of a godly woman. Some of you were there. You, you know what I'm talking about. Others can, can just make the picture in your mind. And this church, I don't think it was expecting as many as showed up. And, and so as the sanctuary filled, they began to put chairs into the foyer and, and it was just jammed. People were standing in the sanctuary, in the edge of the foyer for this woman's funeral. It was, not a, it was an unexpected death. She simply went to sleep and didn't wake up. And, uh, but the funeral was a, a testimony to her faith in Jesus Christ, a faith in the risen Christ. Uh, the, the, her three sons got up at the beginning and, and, and shared about their mother, and it was, it was phenomenal. I, mean, I don't know that I would be able to, to do that in this instance, but, but they did, and they, and they shared about her faith and about you know, the nurture and about you know, what, what a godly woman she was. And, and the stories continued. It was a long memorial, but, but it, it was just a, a tribute and, and a legacy and, and an impact that she had in people's lives. And I, the reason I start with her is because I've got lots of stories of, of you know, kind of you know, these missionary women, and these, you know, these, but, but this was kind of an ordinary woman that, that was extraordinary because of her faith in the risen Christ. And you know, she served him till the end. Even her older friends, her peers were telling her, oh, you should look after yourself more. And, and, and they told her that. You know, instead of you know, making meals for people and leading that study and taking care of the kids at mops, you should be, you know, you should be taking care of yourself more. And, and, and she's, you know, she, just, she, didn't, she didn't listen to them. She kept serving Jesus and, and right faithfully to the end. And that's the kind of woman we have here in Acts chapter 9. Dorcas, or Tabitha. I, I thought of titling the sermon, Dare to be a Dorcas, but that might uh, have a wrong connotation, you know, I'm not very honoring to the mothers here, so uh, we won't call it that. I, I call it uh, making an impact with your life through Christ. Making an impact with your life through Christ. In Acts chapter 9, verse 32, this is kind of the story before the story. We come back to Peter, the apostle, He's traveling around from place to place, verse 32. He also came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. And he found there a man named Aeneas who had been confined to a mattress for eight years because he was paralyzed. He's a cripple. He's disabled. He is unable to, to do anything. And it says, Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Get up and make your own bed. I mean, and this kind of mirrors what Peter had witnessed Jesus do during, during the time when Jesus was on earth here. And he says, you know, get up, you know, rise, make your own bed. And immediately he got up, and all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. So as Peter's going on, this is what, it's not, a, it's not the Peter show. He's not the main attraction. The main focus of what he's doing is Jesus Christ, the risen Christ. He encounters a guy who is disabled, he's crippled, he's paralyzed, and he says, Jesus the Christ heals you. The point of, of the ministry of the apostles in the book of Acts is that the risen Christ continues to have an impact in people's lives. And I believe that the, the, the paralyzed man is a, is a metaphor for, for, for life. Without Jesus Christ, you are paralyzed. You're immobilized. You're unable to really live the way God intended you to live. I and mean, Jesus comes and, and, and raises you up and gives you a new reason to walk. Even those that are perfectly healthy are spiritually paralyzed. And the risen Jesus brings wholeness, healing, restoration, 
to lives. This man's life was forever changed. And look at the results. It doesn't say, and more people came to watch Peter and see what he did. And Peter grew a, a big church, a big following, and he started writing books and speaking at conferences. And No, no, no. They turned to the Lord. It's not the Peter show. It's all about Jesus. And so then we get to our, our main text. The, the story continues, and these stories kind of twin, but really this is kind of the building on the first one. Now in Joppa, about 12 kilometers away, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which in translation means Dorcas. In the Hebrew, Tabitha means Giselle. In Greek, Dorcas means Giselle. It's, you know, she, her name was essentially Giselle in English. Tabitha, Dorcas. Um, she was continually doing good deeds and acts of charity. This was her reputation. She was known. Now, I believe as I, as I read this text, and as you read it with me, you'll see that I don't think that people really realized how much she did. I think she was just one of those silent servers in the church. You know, you, you, know, you hear the knock on the door, you open the door, and there's a crock pot full of food, and, 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 you know, and Tabitha's gone. There's just a little bag out in the foyer after church, and you pick it up, and oh, it's a blanket, or it's some article of clothing, or something for you that, that she just happened to leave there. She's a lady that shows up and, and brews coffee and then disappears. I mean, she's just, kind of, I think, one of those kind of in the background, kind of melding into the woodwork kind of people, but she just looked out for the needs of people. Someone was in need, she was nearby. She just had the radar and she honed in on it. She had a reputation of good deeds and acts of charity. At that time, she became sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they placed it in an upstairs room. Because Lydda was near Joppa, and when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him and urged him, come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went out with them. And when he arrived, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him, crying and showing him the tunics and other clothing. Dorcas used to make them while she was with them. I don't think they realized just the impact she had until she was gone. And some of us maybe will not realize the impact of our lives until we're gone. But you, you wonder, and I just put this out there for you to consider today, what will people say when you go? I mean, I sat in that funeral, and I listened to the stories, and I just said, what a legacy. And yet this woman didn't go out trying to make a legacy for herself. She just was serving in the power of the risen Christ. And so was Dorcas here. This widow didn't have any clothes. And understand, this is the day before social assistance and widows' pensions and all that stuff. You're a widow. If, you're, if your husband hadn't left you significant money, you, you were destitute, you were dependent, and, and, and these, these widows were, were, were poor and, and in need of help. And, and there's Tabitha sewing up jackets, sewing up clothes for these ladies. Because that's what she could do. She had the ability just to work with that needle and thread and she could throw things together and take care of these women. And, and I don't think even each of them knew how much she was doing. And then finally in the end, she dies. And they're like, oh yeah, she made me this. Oh, by the way, oh yeah, she made me this. Oh yeah, she made me this. And then suddenly it's like, wow, we had no idea. The impact this woman had. You see, the risen Christ had changed her. And so she began to view people like Jesus would view people. 
What would Jesus do? Well, if Jesus had my gifts, he would be so close for these ladies. So I'm going to so close for these ladies. And this is the reality of the risen Christ, is that he takes us with what we have, and he uses it for, for, for his glory, and, and he's, he gives us his perspective. And so you, you're able to cook. Well, yeah, you can cook. You can serve people with your cooking. You're able to, to host people. You can serve people with your hospitality. You're able to take care of kids. You're able to do you know, carpentry. You're able to, to fix automobiles. I mean, everything that we have, Jesus, the risen Christ, can take and, and maximize for his kingdom. So we have Peter. I mean, he's doing miracles. He's preaching. He's teaching. But then we got this Tabitha who's just... Sewing away, looking after the widows, expressing the heart of God through works of service and dedication. You know, the, the church has been full of these women since its inception. I mean, there's, and maybe you can think about women like this in your own history, in your own church upbringing, those women that were just faithful. And when there was a potluck, they didn't just bring a small, they brought enough for about 30 people. Why? Because they just, well, someone might not have brought enough or some people might show up and not realize the potluck. So let's make sure there's lots of food there. And, and, and you know, they just have this heart of generosity and service and caring, which comes from the transformation that Jesus brings into your life. It doesn't happen naturally. But the risen Christ makes that impact. And there's Dorcas, she's, she's dead. And these women and, and are just are paying tribute to the impact that she had in their lives. And it says in verse 40 that Peter sent them all outside, knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Now, if you'll remember, there's a story that Jesus raised a little girl, and he said to the little girl, Talitha kum. Here, he's, he's, you know, Peter would say, Tabitha kum. There's only one letter difference. I mean, he's essentially following the example of Jesus Christ as he himself comes in and, and calls for her to get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called the saints and widows and presented her alive. Now, I don't know about you, and this is an amazing story, but you kind of wonder, if you got to go to the other side, would you want to come back? <laughs> Would you really want to be back here when, if you actually got over there? Like, I mean, and it doesn't tell us anything. I mean, there, she didn't write a book about seeing heaven and what happened in heaven. I mean, she didn't make a movie about it. She just, there, in fact, there's nothing about it. There's nothing sensational whatsoever, and yet she was dead, and now she's back. Did Jesus meet her in the tunnel and kind of say, look, Tabitha, I'd love to have you in heaven, and man, you've served well, but they still need you back there. <laughs> And I think all of them have been, you know, I've, I've got kind of a kick in their rear end, and they're going to be starting serving like you have been because they realize what you did when you were gone. And now you go back there and you teach them and you equip them and you build that church and you lead people to the Lord because this is what I am here to do in your life. And so he sends her back down the tunnel, boom, and then she, you know, there's Peter. Oh, get up. Okay. And she grabs his hand, and there she is. We're not told, but you wonder. Now, Tabitha would die again and, and be buried and enter the presence of Jesus. Someday her body will be resurrected at the resurrection of the saints. But for this period, she is resuscitated, she is raised to life so that she may serve and continue to serve. Why does Jesus leave us behind when he saves us? I mean, we come to, to faith in the risen Christ and, and, and he forgives our sins and he adopts us into, his, into, our fa into the family. He gives us an inheritance in heaven. He promises us eternal life. I mean, we got all these things, but he says, now stay in this sinful world. Why? To serve. 
to point people to the risen Christ. That's why we stay. That's why he doesn't just rapture us the moment we come to salvation. He wants us here because he's like, put to use what I've given you for my glory, for my kingdom, for my purposes. Tell them about me. And it's what happens in verse 42. This became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. So Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a man named Simon, a tanner. And so the story continues. The risen Christ is able to transform paralyzed people, even those who have died. His name and his power is able to bring them back to life. Now again, just as the paralyzed man represents us in our sin, so the dead woman represents us in our sin. When the risen Christ comes in, he restores life. The Bible tells us we're new creatures in Jesus Christ. And so whatever life you had before wasn't really life, but Jesus himself imparts life to those who have faith in him. But the real, I guess the focus I wanted to bring on was this idea of this woman who just poured out her life for Jesus and for others. And you know, right now we're writing our own obituaries. Everything we do, Every day we spend, every hour, and I, and I, I was convicted. I was thinking about this myself because, you know, um, you know, we were deeming the time. I mean, she just kind of was sewing away, looking after widows. What are we doing with our time? Now, this is not legalistic. Yeah, you got to, you know, you know, count every minute and make sure you're, you know, at the church every day of the week. I mean, I don't want that. No, no, I, I just, every moment you're available to God for him to use you. And that's kind of convicting when the Stanley Cup playoffs are on, isn't it? <laughs> For me, March Madness in March, you know, and you, you know, there's lots of good basketball games to watch. And, or when you just can't not look at Facebook every night because you got to know what's going on in everyone's life across the world. You don't even know them, but you got to know what's going on and comment on everything, right? I mean, of course, right? I'm just connecting. I'm staying connected, but you're maybe wasting hours of your life. That could be used for other things. You're watching your favorite program. You're, you're wasting time. I mean, I mean, it doesn't, you know, we all have our things. Helen Roosevelt was a missionary in Congo. And she went through the, the whole traumatic experience of the rebellion. She was captured, raped, abused, beaten. But continued and established hospitals and ministries, written books. Uh, she passed away just this last year. And she wrote this quote about being a living sacrifice. To be a living sacrifice will involve all my time. God wants me to live every minute for him in accordance with his will and purpose. 60 minutes of every hour, 24 hours of every day being available to him. No time can be considered as my own or off-duty or free. I cannot barter with God about how much time I can give to serve him. Whatever I am doing, be it a routine, salaried job, or housework at home, be it holiday time and free or after-work activities, all should be undertaken for him to reveal his indwelling presence to those around me. The example of my life must be as telling as my teaching if he is to be honored. I think Tabitha was that kind of a lady. I mean, I believe God wants you to, I mean, God, God instituted a Sabbath. He wants you to take time off. He wants you to replenish yourself. 
God has no problem with you, you know, going for a motorbike ride or, you know, sitting down and, and fishing or, or, or even sitting on Facebook and, and visiting with someone who's, who's physically, geographically located, you know, far away from you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but the key is, are you using it for his purposes? Dorcas, Tabitha, redeemed the time. And her legacy lived on through those who wore her, the clothes she made. The church felt the impact of her life. And, and she just, she offered what she had. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm not a teacher. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you've you got something to offer. And the risen Christ comes in and he says, okay, you can do that for my glory. You're really good at organizing things. Well, then here you go. You can, you can serve, you know, the widows. You can serve the young moms in the church. You young mothers that are here, and sometimes you feel like, oh man, my life is just a monotony of, of diapers and dishes and laundry. But in that, you are serving Jesus. We are raising the next generation of, of missionaries, evangelists, missional impact people that are going to make a difference in our world. They're right here. They're, they're right behind us in these classrooms right now. They're crazy sometimes. They're wild. They're, you know, they, they, you know, they're, they, they got lots of energy. But Jesus, I believe, will use those kids to make a huge impact. And so you are building into them every day when you're there and, and you're nurturing them. Don't, don't feel like your life has no consequence. It's hugely consequential. And throughout our seasons of life, God gives us different opportunities to do that. If you're able to retire with income sufficient to maintain your, your lifestyle, then you are given the, the awesome opportunity to serve the Lord in a way that, that other working people can't. God says, here's an opportunity. Now you've got an income. You don't have to worry about going to work every day. You can serve me with your whole heart. You can give me time and effort and invest in other people. As you get older and your kids move out of the home, you have an opportunity now to, to invest in younger women. Now, some of you can, can teach their children, but as you get older, maybe you're get, you know, it's getting a little more stressful, but you can pray for them. You can have them over for tea. You can nurture them spiritually. I mean, there is opportunities. And that's what the scripture, in fact, tells us to do, is that the older women should bring the younger women under their wings and nurture them and care for them. The key is that, you know, I don't know that Dorcas made excuses. I wondered, I was thinking, you know, if, if, if she ever complained about the music at church. I wonder if she ever, ever, ever sat there and just, and just thought, you know, you know, you know how, how come those people aren't doing this for me? I wonder if she, if she was, you know, negative about, but, you know, the, the snacks in the cafe or, you know, how, how strong the coffee was. I, I bet you those things never crossed her mind. Why? Because she was focused on Jesus and focused on others. It's amazing how that just kind of cleanses you and purifies your whole thinking when you just begin to follow Jesus and serve others. It just takes out all that garbage. And so this is applied to men and women both. That we can have an impact when we let the risen Christ indwell and work through our lives. If God brings needs to our attention, then we need to respond to it. And for, for, for Tabitha, this was these widows, and, and, and they needed clothes, and she had a, a needle and thread and cloth, and so she began to do it. I mean, look, and God will show you something and respond in obedience. If you don't respond in obedience... Um, you're the one that misses out. I mean, that funeral that I was at, those are the ones that us pastors love to do. It's, I mean, it preaches itself. The testimony of a godly woman, godly man, it just, it just carries the, the service. And everyone, there's sadness, but there's gladness. There's joy there. The other funerals I've done where you're kind of, you're scraping to find something. Or I've attended, you know, and wow, she drove kids to soccer, and well, they got to travel all these places, and you know, and, and, and you're kind of, is that it? Is that the substance of your life? 
Jesus invested his life for all of us. And as his followers, should we not invest our lives in others? So I just offer this, not, not in a guilty way, but just say, God has given us the opportunity and the privilege to do something. I mean, I, I can remember serving at camp as a teenager, and these women would come up every summer, and they would cook in the kitchen. They weren't paid. It was hot, sweaty, sometimes dirty work. And then some of them were older, some of them were into their 70s, and they would come and cook. Why? Because that was one thing they could do. And they believed what was going on there, seeing kids' lives transform, was worth the, the, the energy and the exhaustion that came from cooking at camp. I've seen women here come to our VBS, young and old, and, and serve the kids here in August. And why? Because they believe that little lives need the gospel, and it's a privilege to just spend that, that week with them. Who can you invest in? I think of Elizabeth Fry. She was in, in England in, in the 1800s, 1700s. She, uh, 17 to 1800s, she was, uh, she came, brought to her attention just the, the women in prison. And it was just shocking. She went to visit and just the, the conditions they were living in and, you know, they're just squalor. So she began to visit them and bring them food, bring them clothes, bring them the Bible and read the Bible with them. She would go especially to, to, the, to the one where, where the women were condemned to death. Oftentimes their children were with, with them and she would try to advocate for them or try, you know, and if, and if they had to, if they were executed, she would take, you know, go with them on that day. I mean, she, but, but she decided that she was going to make a difference. Through her selfless service, and she had 11 kids, by the way, she still found time to go to the prison almost every day, care for these women, love them, point them to Jesus. And in fact, the whole prison, there was a reputation. Man, that prison is different. And people from other counties started to visit this, this prison. Why? Because these women were different. Why? Because Elizabeth Fry dared to step out of her own self to serve the least of these. She embodied Jesus Christ in a very dark place. And that's a kind of a, that's a sensational example. Because the reality is we can all do that here in Airdrie. There's, there's, there's young women that are just waiting for some of you older women to invite them over for tea, to take them out to Starbucks, to take them to McDonald's, let the kids run around on the plaything and you can talk, whatever. I mean, there, there's place, ways to do it, creative ways to do it, but it's just, it's a personal investment. And that's the strength of a church. There are young men that are waiting for older men just to, to invite them over and, and care on them and, and show them godliness and, and love. And because of the risen Christ, this made a huge difference in this church. They missed her. She was raised back to life. Everyone heard about it. People turned to the Lord. You know, when this happens, people see and say, man, there's something about that group of people. What is it? It's the risen Christ. He gives us a love, and we care for him. We nurture each other. We take care of each other. We serve each other, because this is what Jesus wants us to do. This is how Jesus works his life in and through us. Before, we were paralyzed. Before, we were dead. Now, we are raised to life in Jesus Christ. We are now mobile for him. We've got a purpose and a reason to live. And so... Today, I just encourage you. Who can you invest in? I would ask you to pray, Lord, where do you want me to serve? Who needs the love or, or the ministry or, or the sewing or the, the auto mechanics or the, the plumbing or whatever it is that you have, my accounting skills, my, my, my child you know, care skills? Who needs that and, and how can I serve them? Who needs a meal? Who needs, you know, 
It's little things, but those little things add up to big things. You'll make my job or my children's jobs or one of these kids that are going to be pastors in Grace Someday job a lot easier when you serve well because then we get up and you say let's celebrate the service and love uh, and, and dedication of this godly saint and then it's like amen it's and that's what jesus wants for you to have an impact for you to be sitting on your deathbed and say yeah man i'm so glad i did what i did no regrets you know i've sat on i've sat with people that are dying and, and no one ever talks to me about their career accomplishments on their deathbed not one no one ever tells me about their financial portfolio on their deathbed. Not one. No one tells me about all the things they did at their house and renovations. Not one. All the extra overtime they put in, and, and you know, not one. Their educational accomplishments, not one. What are, they, what are they talking about? They're talking about their family. They're talking about the people. They're asking for those people. Are they here? Are they, you know? I mean, that's what it's about. It's about relationships. And so today is Mother's Day. It's an opportunity to celebrate that and to say, am I calibrated with the risen Christ to serve others, like Tabitha? Am I going to let the risen Christ impact my life so that I can impact others? Would you pray with me as we close? And